0: Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today.
1: Hello and welcome to this, the latest in our Mishcon Academy of Digital Sessions. My name is Neil Baylis, I'm a partner in the Competition, Trade and Regulatory Group here at Mishcon Derea. Today we welcome Michael Grenfell, Executive Director of Enforcement at the Competition and Markets Authority. And today we're going to be discussing some key developments in the world of competition and and consumer law, in particular, by reference to the recent
0: announcements in the Queen's Speech. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here.
1: I assume not everyone listening is uh, familiar with the CMA's work. Perhaps we could just start, Michael, with you just saying a few words in very broad terms about, you know, what is the CMA and what you do.
0: So, as you say, I work for the CMA, the Competition and Markets Authority. We are the United Kingdom's principal competition authority. We've got a duty to promote competition in the interests of consumers, and we do that by clamping down on anti-competitive practices, by trying to stop anti-competitive mergers and acquisitions, by inquiring into markets where there are competition problems, and also by enforcing consumer protection legislation. One of the things that has happened as a result of Britain leaving the EU, of Brexit, is that the bigger and more complex merger cases and the bigger and more complex competition enforcement cases, which were previously reserved to the European Commission, have now fallen to us. So we've got our work cut out doing quite a lot more than we've done in the past. Mm, Yep. Now, a lot of the
1: basis for your powers derives from legislation, which is a few years old now. Obviously, the Competition Act and the Enterprise Act are the, the two key pieces of legislation. We had some very important proposals put forward for consultation last year by Bayes. And before we talk about sort of where that's leading, could you just sort of briefly summarise what was the perceived need for reform? What were the areas which were beginning to be stress points in terms sure. of competition and consumer? Sure.
0: I mean, look, you're right. We have had legislation for a number of years. By and large, it works pretty well. And there are no proposals to tear it up or rewrite it entirely. But there are tweaks and one of the things when you have a system that's been going for a number of years is you learn what its strengths are and what its weak points are. And essentially the changes are designed to make us a bit quicker so that businesses aren't left in limbo and when there are harms as a result of anti-competitive practices they are dealt with as quickly as possible consistently with doing it fairly and, and correctly It's also intended to ensure that our consumer protection powers, which have been quite weak, we've not been able to impose fines for breaches of consumer protection law. In fact, the final decision on whether there's a breach has been with the courts rather than with us, whereas under competition law, we are able to decide whether there's been a breach and we're able to impose fines. That's been rather weak, and it's meant that we haven't been able to enforce as much as we'd like against unfair trading practices. And again, I think the proposals are designed to address that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't help noticing that, as you say, the proposal to bring consumer law enforcement into line with, with competition law enforcement is quite a dramatic change, isn't it? Because part of the significance of competition law has being the fact that companies are on the hook for up to 10% of their global turnover fines if, if they found to have infringed. And that has resulted in Huge fines being levied both by the CMA and obviously the European Commission. And that's now being proposed as the basic model for, for consumer law enforcement as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And the aim is to not to punish per se, but to deter bad practices and to encourage compliance and to protect all our fellow citizens in doing that. At the moment, we're able to secure results. But the worst that can happen to anyone who breaks the law is that they are told to stop it and and put it right. Whereas you really want to feel that if they break the law, they're going to suffer a penalty. And if they fear that, one hopes they've got a bigger incentive to comply.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it will. I mean, I've, I've noticed just from my observations that the CMA has been, notwithstanding the deficiencies you've just explained, has been making more use of its consumer law powers in recent years, maybe just because there's the cases that have been coming in front of you. But um, I can see the frustrations that that may have been felt in terms of the sort of slightly archaic system that existed and, and the need to sort of bring that forward and make it actually a really a much more powerful system for dealing with, with infringements.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we you know, we continue to use our competition law powers. So just this past year, we've had the highest level of fines for competition law breaches that have ever been over 400 million pounds. But yes, you're right, we've applied consumer protection law. One of the things we applied it to was suffering by consumers during the pandemic, when people had their holidays cancelled or their wedding parties cancelled, and we took action to ensure that people got refunds and didn't suffer the double whammy of both having the thing they were looking forward to cancelled and being out of pocket as a result.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go on to talk about that a little more Absolutely. in a few minutes. But, um Quite interesting reforms I saw in terms of fake reviews, yes. of specific uh, new offence for that and subscription traps. Do you want to just very briefly yeah. say anything well, about that? Well, both those of too?
0: those things, mm. even before the proposed legislation, we have taken action on, we've managed to secure undertakings from providers of online video games and of antivirus software that automatically renewing subscriptions, people should have a chance to terminate the subscriptions rather than being trapped in the, those subscriptions and on fake reviews we have taken action against both individuals companies that issue fake reviews and the platforms that host them and don't do enough to stop them i mean, think this is important stuff and it's important for consumers not just that you're misinformed if you get a fake review or you're trapped by a subscription trap but it actually reinforces competitive pressures. The great thing about online reviews is that it enables people to shop around in a more informed way, and that intensifies competitive pressures and consumers' result. Of course, if they're fake, that doesn't work and the public loses confidence. So for proper competitive dynamics and therefore long-term consumer benefit, Dealing with fake reviews is really important. Same with subscription traps. If you're trapped in an automatically renewing subscription, you've got less chance to shop around and that weakens competitive pressures and all of us suffer as a result. Yeah,
1: so, i mean, just speaking personally someone who's recently booked a holiday. I, yeah. I did put weight on on the reviews. Um, you, know, you can search by you know, four star, five star reviews. So it's clearly hugely important from a marketing point of view. And the, the fact that those could be open to manipulation is is Concerning a for consumer detriment, but as you say, it means that I'm getting a misled view of the market. Absolutely. because it's not not fair competition. So, just to clarify, will they they're going to be criminal offences, or will they just be there'll be civil um, matters that can they, be f- fined
0: As I understand it, the proposals are to put on a statutory basis what we have been using the normal consumer protection laws for. Right. Okay.
1: So it'll just yeah. be sort of deemed this is yeah. a, a yeah. breach of those regulations.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, going on from sort of rate reviews, subscription traps, obviously the online world is one yes. particular focus in terms of consumer and competition law. Yes, and I know absolutely. that very significantly the digital markets unit was set up recently, which is quite a big commitment by the CMA, isn't it? I don't, perhaps you can let me know how many people are in that unit, but it's, it's a significant so, um, team, isn't it?
0: a number of people are in it and it's going to expand and it's going to expand because at the moment it is on a non-statutory footing. Mm. As the government announced in the Queen's Speech, the intention is to put it on a statutory footing to give this unit within the CMA the powers to apply direct regulation to large tech businesses. Now, I think it's quite important to put some context on this. In some quarters, the view is that the CMA and other competition authorities have it in for big tech and uh, anti-digitalization. I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. We absolutely recognize that digitalization has been brilliant for the public. It's brought innovation. It has brought, in many cases, lower costs. It's made it easier to shop around at the click of a mouse, at the touch of a screen, intensifying competitive pressures. All that is fantastic. What worries us is that certain practices and certain market positions risk having the effect of entrenching market power and choking off future competition and future new entry so that the fantastic innovation we've enjoyed to date would be stopped for the future. And we are determined, once we get those regulatory powers through the digital markets unit, to apply those to prevent that happening. And in the meantime, to apply our existing powers, whether it's competition law enforcement, merger control, markets powers, consumer protection powers too because these are fast-moving markets. We can't wait for the legislation to go in to protect consumers in that way. Yeah, I, mean, I think you said earlier but the,
1: the CMA already has very extensive in terms yes. has power to investigate, There's obviously the power to uh, impose fines on people. Is there anything specific that DMU will, will have that CMA doesn't yes. already have?
0: Because yes, that's it, the it's, going to be a, it's going to be a big change. It will be a whole set of rules like a, like a sector regulator has for the digital sector. There will be enforceable codes of conduct, special ones that apply to those who have strategic market status, which is sort of significant market power effectively, telling them what kind of conduct is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. So ensuring that they don't use their market status to reinforce market power and stop new entry or to exploit customers.
1: And do you see that being a, an actual named list of entities then? or Yes, or, will. Know, be um, a named, entities as in...
0: will be formally designated with strategic market status. There will be a process to designate them. Mm. The companies themselves will have the right to object and so on. But once they're designated, they'll be subject to these rules. So
1: it sounds like a sort of abusive dominance type framework, but a little bit broader than that in the sense of saying you guys have got market power, you need to behave yourselves. These are some codes you need to comply with. Yes. If you get them wrong now, there's going to be consequences. It'll, rather be, than just, it'll be
0: a do's you know, and don'ts um, lists. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so relatively, yeah.
1: well, hopefully as clear as possible yeah. in terms of yeah. behaviours. With the view that smaller companies could possibly begin to compete a little bit more than maybe yeah. they wouldn't and be able we, to otherwise. Yeah,
0: and, with the view that we don't choke off new entry and new innovation and new disruptors who can freshen up the markets and bring you know, further benefits to consumers from the ongoing process of digitalization.
1: One of the topics we've, we've spoken about at, yeah. at Mishcon recently is the uh, Online Harmless Bill, which obviously yes. the idea is that Ofcom is going to be responsible for, for enforcing that piece of legislation yes. when it comes along, which is obviously addressing the fact that platforms need to take more responsibility for the content they're, they're putting out there and recognising that these things do have consequences. But generally, um, people aren't always aware that the CMA's powers are actually, to quite a large extent, shared by a number of other sector regulators
0: in the sort of concurrency regime. Is that, can you just explain that for yeah, everyone a little bit? That's a really important aspect. So in the regulated sectors, let's say electricity or gas or railways or financial services or telecoms, there are sector regulators, Ofgem, Ofcom, ORR, and so on. And they apply direct regulation to their sectors. But they've also got competition law powers similar to ours, which they can apply directly in their respective sectors concurrently with the CMA applying them. Now, then the question is, if you find a suspected breach of competition law, who applies it? Is it the CMA or is it the sector regulator? And we've got arrangements for any time a case arises that we sort it out between the CMA and the sector regulators. And there are specific principles for sorting it out. But broadly speaking, if the important aspect is knowledge of the sector, then the sector regulator is better place to do it. If the important aspect is innovative competition principles or something that is central to the the development of competition policy. It's more the CMA. But it's not quite so black and white because whoever takes the lead, the other one will support them and work together. And you get the best of both worlds. You get the sector specialism of the sector regulator and you get the Deep and long-standing competition experience.
1: Right. It's not binary. You basically continue right. to work together, but there's a lead authority that's exactly ultimately right. going to take the decision. But yeah. relying on input from from the others. Okay, exactly that's, right. That's very interesting. And to what extent? Going back to what we said earlier about your enhanced consumer law powers, that was that be
0: reflected in the consumer field as well? Concurrency or not um, quite in the same way. There aren't quite the same concurrency rules for consumer protection, and indeed the regulators under their regulatory regime have their own consumer protection powers. So this will be more CMA-specific, we expect. Right, yeah, yeah,
1: because I've just been speaking at a, a recent event where we were looking at the, uh, the reforms in relation to consumer law in the aviation market, where obviously there's a clearly been activity by both the CA and the CMA coming out of the COVID issues in terms of cancelled flights, etc. And yes. know, obviously it's one of the issues that um, DFT is grappling with, clearly as to what extent does CAA get the same power as the CMA and how's that all going to, to, to sort of come out in the wash? But clearly there's there's a need for, or there's a perceived need for enhanced or powers with other regulators as well as the CMA. So yes. I, my, my view is that obviously the government's now pushing ahead with giving the CMA extra powers, extra resources, but that in time will then be mirrored with the other regulators. I don't know if you... You'd I agree
0: mean, when we that. talk about the government pushing ahead, it is quite important to note that both with these enhanced... Consumer protection powers, the enhanced competition powers, the statutory footing for the digital markets unit. It's very good that the government recently, in the Queen's speech, announced its intention to bring forward measures, and there will be draft measures put forward in the coming year, in the current parliamentary session. But the actual legislation coming to Parliament is likely to be. After that, so not in the current parliamentary year,
1: not imminent then, but but the attention is is there, and it's obviously absolutely it's right. Found its way onto the uh, onto the list of proposed bills, which I suppose is a, is a good start. I mean, I didn't sense there was a huge pushback against these principles that effectively yeah. should be. More... I mean,
0: I think it's very reassuring that mm-hmm. the government is signalled its intention to act in this area quite understandably after the backlog of policy legislation built up when the government was having to concentrate first on getting Brexit done and then on dealing with COVID. There's a long traffic jam of policy legislation and inevitably not everything can be done in the space of yeah, one year.
1: Yeah, But I suppose consumer protection is a reasonably attractive policy for the politicians to be getting behind, isn't it? So I'd imagine it will, well, we'll see what happens, won't we? As you say, not imminent, but on the list and something we should anticipate will will come. Speaking of Brexit, obviously, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, in pre-Brexit days, we had the European Commission effectively taking on some of the the larger cases because they had a, a pan-European impact. So it was appropriate they looked at that. And now we're in a world where the CMA is, is stepping up and taking on some of the, the tech giants and other other larger cases that may not have come across its desk before. But I think it'd be interesting for listeners to hear a little bit about what extent you're still cooperating with the european commission how's that work in practice yeah Yeah.
0: so i mean you're absolutely right and if you think about some of the bigger merger cases of this year nvidia arm or Cargotech or now Suez violia those are big global mergers which previously would probably have been reserved alone to the european commission and now the uk cma is looking at it these in parallel with the European Commission. Same with some of the big competition law enforcement cases, whether the investigations we've opened into Apple or Meta or Google. Now, it's clearly the case that the formal mechanisms for cooperation between the European Commission and the CMA are much, much weaker. We're no longer part of the European competition network. There was a proposal in the UK-EU trade deal that was signed the Christmas Eve before last, that there should be a competition cooperation agreement between the UK and the EU, and that will put cooperation on a more formal footing. But I can tell you, for all that one reads in the paper about all the political differences between London and Brussels, there are good working relations at every level between the two competition authorities, between DG COMP and the European Commission, and between ourselves. And some of your listeners may have noticed that there have been three big cases in the last year or so, one involving Meta, the former Facebook, one Apple, and one a suspected cartel between motor manufacturers, where there have been separate parallel investigations, but we have coordinated the launch of them. And that that signals a mature and sensible working relationship between the two authorities.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm clear it's not helpful for business, notwithstanding respecting the independent jurisdiction of each entity, that there should not be any joint up thinking on this, and that where possible, there should be some coordination so that you don't end up with uh, inconsistent results. So I think it's encouraging to hear that there's still an active dialogue and uh, appropriate information sharing. I suppose to sort of wrap up, let's do a bit of crystal ball gazing. I mean, obviously, got, we've got potentially very significant reforms coming. We've, we've got the DMU sort of getting getting going. But generally, there's sort of two or three big issues. you think the CMA is going to be particularly interested
0: in over the next year or two? Yeah. Look, I'm very reluctant to engage in crystal ball gazing, <laughs> gazing given how surprising things are coming out. I mean, who would have predicted Brexit? Who would have predicted the COVID pandemic? Who would have predicted the... Invasion of Ukraine and the cost of living crisis. So I think we yeah. have to be Who a bit humble yes. about <laughs> crystal yeah. ball yeah. gazing. That said, I mean, we, along with other competition authorities, face obvious challenges dealing with digitalization, ensuring that when it comes to better environmental sustainability, we make sure that competition law isn't a block to that, but at the same time that environmental sustainability isn't a cover to justify cartels that rip off customers. And I think it's worth also saying that in addition to what we've talked about, the CMA has other new post-Brexit powers. So our Office of the Internal Market, designed to ensure that regulatory differences between the four parts of the UK don't distort trade and competition between the various parts of the UK a new subsidy control function, which the legislation went through in May this year, and we're going to take up that function in the next few months. And that's broadly equivalent to the EU state aid function to ensure that subsidies don't distort competition and and harm customers and businesses. So quite a lot to be going on with, but we are absolutely determined to use our powers fairly and having regard to the rights of business, but absolutely determined to ensure that consumers are protected from anti-competitive practices and from unfair trading. And we'll continue to do that in the months and years ahead. Excellent. Well, thank
1: you very much, Mark, for the fascinating insight you've given us today and looking forward
0: to, to working
1: with clients. And working with the CMA in the months and years ahead. Thank you very much, Neil. It's been a pleasure.
0: The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit Mishcon.com.